Okay, well, good morning. Glad you tuned in. This is WNZN Radio, 89.1 Power Radio, coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. And actually, this is, uh, we're well into 2021. Yeah. So yes, I'm glad you tuned in this morning. I'm here in the, at our office actually doing this recording with COVID going on. So I'm here with my good friend, Assistant David Abood. Great to be David. here, Jan. Great and to be here. Also an assistant, Tristan Abood. Good Tristan. to be back. Yeah, good yeah, to be, be back, Tristan. Home from school until the 25th of January. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Everything that's, has that's changed. That's a long break. You know? Yeah, that's <laughs> a long break. Everything has changed. Yeah. They say change is here to stay. You know, change is inevitable except in vending machines. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> so, on that note, on a more serious yeah. note, uh, I mean, what better way to start the year off than to talk about the importance of oh, prayer? Oh, man. Is if, it... is, has there ever been a time in our own lives that we need prayer mm -hmm. for our country, the political system, mm -hmm. uh, health, uh, education, yeah. you know, just in, in, it's so neglected. And I thought if we reflect on that today and look what the Bible has to say about yeah. prayer and encourage one another. Um, so let's get right into it. And um, Tristan, maybe you would read in Philippians chapter four, verses four through six. We'll use this as a springboard to okay. get into prayer. All right. This entire section is entitled Exhortation, Encouragement, and Prayer. Verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Okay, thank you. So here we see, not a formula, but a pattern certainly of prayer. It starts, though, with rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, this is written by a man. The Apostle Paul at this time, they mm -hmm. think he's in a prison. It's called one of the prison mm -hmm. epistles. Yeah. And two years ago, I was actually in the prison in Rome where he was at. Yeah. Wow. It's like wow. a dungeon. You yeah. go down these steps, and they, they're yeah. pretty sure this was the... And he's writing. It was the worst. You know, it's like, think of a real dungeon <laughs> basement. Yeah. And uh, probably rats running around. It's dark. It's damp. Yeah. And he's saying... Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. <laughs> I mean, we might think, well, I could rejoice in the Lord if I'm down in Miami and I'm on a boat and I'm out fishing. But he's saying this in the worst of the worst conditions. Yeah. Paul's right? in a prison underground and he's yeah. talking about how much we should be rejoicing to God. Going to yeah. get his head cut off the next right. With supplication and thanksgiving. Yep. Now he moves to that. But then he says, let your gentleness be known to all men. In other words, be, be a kind person, be a compassionate person. Not just with believers, but to all men. Mm -hmm. is it? Mm -hmm. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. Now, this could mean the Lord is coming, you know, his nearness. But also the fact that God is with us. The Lord is at hand. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to study that it says in Acts chapter 17 that in him we live and move and have our being. Mm -hmm. He's in this room mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. right. He's with all our listeners. Mm -hmm. We don't see him, uh, but he sees us. Mm -hmm. We don't see our soul. <laughs> But the soul sees outward. You mm -hmm. know, the soul is very real. Yeah. God is very real. Right. And he's very near and he's attentive to the prayers of his children. And then he goes into this little verse, but it says, be anxious for nothing. How many people are anxious today? Oh, mm. gosh. Hmm? Mm. How big is anxiety? How big yeah. is anti-anxiety pills? Depression? people's high blood pressure, alcohol sales, alcohol sales drug usage, yeah. all to like calm mm -hmm. people down. Yeah. And he's saying here, and again, this guy's in prison, right? Yeah. Mm. Be anxious for nothing. But he, he just doesn't say that. Like, just think mm -hmm. positive thoughts. But in everything by prayer and supplication, there's the key. Mm. What's the, how do we reduce anxiety? Be a, be a person of prayer. Just don't pray. When you have a problem right. that causes us to be anxious, mm -hmm. but be praying always mm -hmm. by prayer and supplication, which is a type of petition we'll look at, with thanksgiving. Mm. Now, often when we pray, we're, we don't think about this thing of thanksgiving. No. Uh, we, we tend to be, we're forgetful. Remember when Jesus healed the 10 lepers? Yeah. Yes. How many came back to thank him? One. One. That's 10%. Mm. That's just yeah. one. Hmm. Right. You know, that's not a much of a return. No. Because they were just thinking of themselves. You know, I'm, I'm healed. I'm good. I'm good. But one came back and said, hey, wait a minute. You answered our prayer. So, too, when we answer, we see prayers, schooling, yeah. job situation, health issue. We see an answer to that prayer. What happens a month later, two months? We can forget about it. Right. Right? Because, so he's saying, yeah. even before you ask God, pray. 
and thank God. And then he says, let your request be known to God. Mm. Yeah. Any comment? But this is an interesting little single verse Mm. pattern for Scripture. That's really cool. To be honest, I I think it's kind of weird the way that it's structured, though. Here, can we look at verse 4? It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And I say again, rejoice. But then in verse 5, it kind of cuts... So, okay, Philippians 4, verse 5, right? Mm-hmm. It cuts it cuts out of rejoicing. And then it says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. But then it says in verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So basically it's saying rejoice, like be super happy, be super happy. And then it just says be reasonable mm-hmm. because God's here. And then it says don't be anxious about anything, but in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I don't know. I don't really get verse 5 and why it why verse 5 is even... Like, it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense in this context. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. Go on, David. Uh, you know, I, I think this is really uh, a key ingredient to what we've what we've learned as Christians and what I've learned with my walk with John, just watching his behavior when he is managing stress in his life. What, what I think Paul's alluding to is the fact that regardless of what's going on in your life or the situation you're in, like he's in prison right. below the earth, and he's praying a positive prayer. But is that reasonable? Because <laughs> well, just one second. Okay. So, so what what he is demonstrating to the world with his Christian faith is very little can shake him. It's because of his faith and his gentleness and his positive demeanor that allows people to say, "Man, that that's what Christian life is like. Uh, I want to be a part of it." At least from my perspective. Oh. And, and you even saw the same pattern with Christ mm. when he would pray. I mean, he knew what was coming, but his calm nature, uh, just about prayer and how he went about his daily, uh, you that's know. a good point. And Mr. So, Martha, so for me, that's what I got out of those. Mr. Verses. Martha, what are your thoughts then on yeah. let your reasonableness be known to everyone, the Lord is at hand? What are your thoughts on that? Well, let me, that's a good question. Let me read it from a different, um, this is the amplifier. Dad, I like what you said. Yeah, that was says, that was really good. He says, rejoice in the Lord always, delight, gladden yourselves in him. Again, I say rejoice. Let all men know and perceive, like David just said, right. and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit. The Lord is near. He mm. is coming soon. And then he says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, supplication, right. with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to him. To this idea of gentleness or peace, what is the one thing all airplanes have to determine if they're going sideways, they're upside down, or what is the one thing in that in the control panel that a, that an airplane has. Oh, what's that called? Yes, yeah, they're com- they're navigational. The gyro- yeah, they're gy- there that, is that a gyroscope, gyroscope. Yeah. and a gyroscope always trues up. Yeah. Could, the plane could be going upside down, mm-hmm. but it's always going to get you right side up. It's a gyroscope. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So too, we have a gyroscope within us. That's the peace of God. That's the Holy Spirit. If mm-hmm. we if we rely on those things, yeah, I see. That's why Paul. Again, how can he say this stuff when he's in a prison mm-hmm. and he might be facing execution within less than a week? Right now. Hmm. He doesn't say rejoice once. He's saying rejoice twice. But how? what was he thinking of his prison guards? <laughs> he could have been embittered toward them. Hate, but he says, let your gentleness be shown to all men. Nice. And, and he's doing it in the worst of right. a situation. How much can we do it when we're living in a really pretty good situation? Right. But then, that, then let's move into this thing. Because why? In an anxious world, somebody that doesn't have anxiety, that looks very attractive. In a world that doesn't have peace, if you know somebody that's truly peaceful, that's attractive. Mm-hmm. In a joyless world that's just pushing and shoving and, you know, somebody that has true joy, you're kind of attracted to that person. Right. You, know, you are. You are. You know, even yeah. a secular world, they might say, wow, yeah. he's really cool or he's calm or he's... <laughs> but there's something about that that, like, resonates with you. Like, I mean, how can you... You're dealing with all this stuff, but how can mm-hmm. you stay... So sure-footed, and even it's like a cat. You know, you throw a cat up in the air, or you know, it always like comes down on its feet. Right? Mm. <laughs> always like laying. Right. So too, we should land on our feet. Yeah. Spiritually speaking. And so you're saying that all of this, all this reasonableness, all this peace, that all comes from that. That can be portrayed or explained through prayer. Sometimes when prayer we're speaking to God, mm-hmm. can can we, can you talk a little more about prayer and its importance? Because yeah, I mean, to start with prayer, a working definition of prayer, I mean, it's a real basic definition. Right. But it's simply addressing, it's, it's, it's communication or addressing to God as Father in the name of Jesus Christ as our mediator and through the enabling grace of the indwelling Holy Spirit. It's simply us speaking to God 
you know, communicating with God as a child would with his father. Not that we're always asking for something. We might be thanking him for something or praising him for something. But you've opened up this whole channel of communication that unbelievers don't know about, understand, or do unless they are in a really critical spot. So you're cultivating this ongoing relationship yeah. to God where he's speaking to you through his word, mm. where he is now through mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. and we're speaking to him through prayer. And see, it goes like that. And so the more you cultivate a prayer life, huh. the more you, you're going to see stuff in your life, guaranteed. Oh, yeah. And that's why the yeah, old uh, the yeah. adage was that the more, you see, the more you pray, the more you see. The more you see, the more you'll pray. The more you see, the it's a flywheel. It's a spiral. It's just like a fly, you know, like getting a flywheel. Wow. But if you, the less you pray, the less you see of results. The less results you see, the less you'll pray. The less, see what I'm saying? So right. you want to get that wheel going in the, in a forward direction. Yeah, and John, you know, a few weeks ago we had Dean Sherman on, and uh, you know, spiritual he was, warfare. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. well known for spiritual warfare, and I asked him the question: How did you get interested in this? Mm-hmm. You know, how did you start then to become an expert in that domain? And it's been your focus. You're not doing Bible studies. You're just talking about spiritual warfare most of the time to the people that you're interacting with. Right. And he said, Dave, it's the most important thing you need to be aware of. And it drives everything else. And he said when he started in Papua New Guinea is when you can see the supernatural existence in your face. When you come to the Western society, it's more hidden because that's how the enemy operates. we got skyscrapers, we got these crazy, you know, phones and everything else distracting us so it works in different ways. But if you understand that and then you take a look at the Apostle Paul, he gives an interesting picture of prayer in 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 11. He says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, Mm -hmm. about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we may not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. Mm. So, you know, they sensed their own death, and, and the basic thing they did is they had hope because of their relationship with God, but they were praying like their lives depended yeah, right. on Yeah, right, yeah. And so what he was telling them is, I don't want to misinform you. There are, this is the supernatural yeah, that right. was right. stopping us from doing God's work. Right. We need to be aware of this. And so even when Dean was talking, it became clear to me, and I, I knew this in talking to you, but you have to think that way if you're really going to have the power of prayer come out in your own life. And when it says you need to pray all the time, right? you need to understand that during the day you need to be aware. If something hits your brain, you, you, you and I'm starting to do that now, and it was not easy for me. you got to stop, you got to pause and say, okay, I'm bothered by this. Father, I give that to you, even if it's during the day. Mm-hmm. And you got meetings going on or like you have people in from out of town, you can walk away and be in your thoughts. But I think we have to understand that the supernatural exists and how we pray is so important. And you have to pray with fervor, you know, and, and zest and passion. Yeah. A lot of times if you're trying to get the something The fervent prayers of yes, righteous man, right. James. You know, like you say, concerning spiritual warfare, which is a big topic, but it says in yeah. James chapter 4, Submit yourselves, therefore, to mm-hmm. God. Another come under his authority, his will. Yeah. Resist the devil. Yeah. He will flee from you. And then it says, draw near to God, yeah. and he will draw near to you. Now, that's a powerful uh, take it to the Boy, bank kind of a yeah. thing because he's saying, learn how to submit to God. That mm-hmm. is to say, come under his authority. You know, yeah. do that thing that pleases him. Then resist the devil. You know, if, mm. if you're being attacked impure thoughts or you unforgiveness yeah. or what resist the devil and then draw near to god mm-hmm. think about moses with the burning bush yeah he god says yeah. don't come closer until you take your shoes off but then, <laughs> then he came closer and closer to it right but god now in the new testament he wants us to draw close to him and if yes, you look at if you look at hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 uh, th- th- this is so powerful because in the old testament they only had one temple, and God's presence dwelled in the Holy of Holies, but you couldn't go in there except for one man yeah. on a certain day of the year, a high priest on Yom Kippur. You could go. Uh-huh. But in Hebrews, it says that the curtain is open. You can go in. And look what it says in um, 
verse 16, if you have that, Tristan. Yes, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Look at this. It's an invitation now to come into the presence of God, the throne room of God. Right. If, you, if you're invited to go before a king, there's an old expression, uh, if, you, if you're invited to go before a king, no small petitions bring. In other words, what, <laughs> what if the king wants to give you something? He's, don't say, oh, uh, will you give me a bag of marbles or will you give me a pack of gum? No, right. I, I would like this piece of land over here to my family to build. A, okay, I want this permit to go. Yeah. You see, yeah. sure. So too, here God is inviting us at the, in the time of need. We're always in need. In, in a sense okay, that we yeah. want to see a breakthrough, we want to see our children mm-hmm. develop. Uh, we thank God for protection. We thank God for health, for favor in business, uh, for a revival in Northeast Ohio, for our country, yeah, our church, yeah, our church. Yeah. So mm-hmm. these kind of these are take it to the bank promises and invitations. Yes, yeah. But if you don't know this stuff, yeah. you might just pray before you eat a meal. Or you might just pray if you're in a real bad situation. You don't understand. How to get in the flow. We'll look at that. How can we get into the so flow? So is prayer primarily then designed so that we can communicate with God? Mm. That's the primary function? That's your big thing. Okay. Yeah. Now, are, are there other exactly uses right. for prayer? Because, okay, the yeah. prayer... All right, you, you remember that back a couple episodes ago. Actually, it was more than a couple. It just feels like a couple. We did an episode on Ephesians 6. We did the armor of mm-hmm. God. And we, we kind of talked about how most of the... Most of the, the the uh, parts of the armor of God are defensive. Like mm-hmm. there's the, the there's the sword, which is the only offensive weapon, but then you've got a belt, you've got a, a, sh- a breastplate, you've got a shield, you've got a helmet. Um, I'm kind of wondering, is prayer... Now, prayer is a form of the word because, of course, the, the word of God dwells within us. I was kind of wondering, um, how, how else can we use prayer as a weapon? Because, all right, there's an example. Um, if we look at Mark 9, verses 28 mm-hmm. and 29, um, let me flip to that real quick. Sure. There's an example of Jesus, and uh, there's a there's this like demon, for example, and right. Jesus is t- his disciples are like, Jesus, why couldn't we cast this demon out? And so Jesus says, um, in verse uh, twenty five, Jesus said to a all right, so there's a mutant deaf spirit inside of this 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 girl, and um, Jesus is like, or his disciples couldn't cast it out, so Jesus says. Um, you mutant deaf spirit, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. So then the boy the boy convulses and um, then he looks like a corpse, but Jesus takes him by the hand and lifts him up. And then um, in verse uh, 28, uh, it says, the disciples ask him when he enters this house why they couldn't cast it out. Because the disciples had been actively out. Like, the, I think this you said this includes Judas too, right? Well, he was an apostle then, sure. So, okay, so all of his disciples, even Judas, are able to cast out demons. Yet at the same time, we have Jesus, who is the only one who can cast out this one specific demon, a mutant deaf spirit. And then it says, um, they ask him, why couldn't we cast it out? And he says in verse 29, this kind can't be driven out by anything but prayer. So in spiritual warfare then, because it's, this is a very good example, I think, of prayer being used as a weapon. Right. How how does that work exactly? Well, and can you explain this demon and why his disciples couldn't yeah, cast it out? Some translation will actually have this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Mine will say prayer and fasting. Okay, why why fasting too then? Well, what fasting seems to do, it, it tends to amplify your prayer life. That's why um, you'll see like Moses, he prays, he's up on the Holy Mount, he's fasting for 40 days. Mm-hmm. Elijah, yeah. Jesus, right. into the wilderness. Yeah. Um, You'll see this idea of fasting is often put together with prayer, because why? You're 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 you're. It's a sense you're you're desperate. Not want kind of you're you're willing to forego food mm-hmm. for a day or three days <clears throat> to focus on God, uh, present your body as a living sacrifice. Your body does not want to go without food, right? But you're saying my focus is on the Lord. And I want to see a breakthrough in this area. I'm oh, is that is that partially what that means then? To present your body as a living sacrifice? Is that kind of talking about fasting then? It could be fasting. Okay. It also could be denial of sinful habits. You, you want to see them. You know where Jesus says, If any man follows me, let him take up his cross. Mm. Okay. Well, a cross mm. was an instrument of death. So the way I use it, I teach this in Thailand where people don't have a big biblical-based knowledge. Right. I said, if you look at a cross... The, the, the uh, upward beam is God's will coming down from heaven to the earth, right? The cross beam is my will. Where mm-hmm. my will crosses with God's will, I have a choice to die to that. <laughs> Let's say I hold a grudge. That's cool. I hold a grudge against somebody, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Right. Righteously or wrongly, whatever. 
and I know I shouldn't do it. God says forgive 70 times, you know, yes. well, you've been forgiven. So I know that's God's will, and this is John Murtha's will. I, but if I can die to that and, and, and right. say, oh, you know what, I'm going to forgive him, whatever, because I know it's God, then you're living in the crucified life. I see. If you sweep it under the rug, well, you're not living the, You cannot experience the fullness of the resurrection life if you haven't experienced on an ongoing basis the crucified life. Oh, interesting. That's a whole separate topic. Going back to fasting, if you look in Isaiah 58, one of the benefits of fasting is you break bondages. It can break bondages. Oh, cool. You can break bondages. That's what he's doing with this demon. Can, can you explain a little more how that how that works exactly, like breaking well, up bondages? Because you, you said it amplifies your prayer life. So yeah. Does, yeah. does that also show God that this is an area that you're significant? Can you explain? Well, I don't know what I'm talking again, about. Again, God is eager to answer our prayers. I think that's the, sure. the tone of the scripture. Right. But... Sometimes, if you study the scripture, there's times they pressed into God. Like, yeah. for example, in the Old Testament, when the enemy was coming, the Assyrians are coming, and the, the nation would call a day of prayer and fasting. When Jonah goes to Nineveh and says, God is going to destroy you, yes. your immorality. And it says they put on sackcloth and ashes and they fasted. Yeah. When um, in Persia with um, uh, Queen Esther... <clears throat> Remember, Mordecai wants to wipe uh, out, the, and he gets this petition up, and Queen Esther says to her uh, uncle, Mordecai, tell our people to fast right. and pray to break this and to get, get through. Oh, oh so, so it's it's kind of, it, I guess I misunderstood then. So prayer, it's a way of amplifying your prayer, mm. first of all, that like, like the, or fasting That's is a, a way of amplifying it. But then it, it can also be like if there is some sort, like, for example, if you're in a dire situation and you need help, or if you're um, suffering from, like, let's say, an addiction to pornography, exactly. prayer, prayer exactly. and fasting would be a great, great and it, that's that's why it's presented as a combo so often in the Bible. Yeah, exactly. Because right. fasting and also for wisdom. Okay, you'll see them when they before they send out the missionaries in uh, chapter uh, twelve, I believe, is the New Testament. It says the church was praying and fasting. Then the Holy Spirit said, "Separate unto me Paul and Barnabas." For the missionary work, I've right. So you, there's now fasting is a whole other issue, but you do it for uh, one thing is self control. It teaches your body yeah, self. Yeah. Another thing is you do it uh, to, to to intensify your prayer life. Another is to break bondages. Another is to gain wisdom. Mm. Daniel was was fasting for 21 days, and God gave him this incredible wow. revelation. Wow. So. That's, and it came on the 21st day. Yes, I think that's right. super important. Daniel, because, all right, this is in Daniel 10. I think Daniel's been fasting for a couple weeks, and it's it's 20 days. But this angel is trying to get to Daniel. Right. So he's he's actively, this is so cool. Can we actually flip to Daniel 10 yeah, real sure. quick? I feel like you and I are always in Daniel 10, but it's such a cool one. Um, all right, so the story kind of goes, there's three weeks that he eats no delicacies or wine, doesn't drink, enter his mouth. Um, he doesn't even anoint himself at all. Does that mean, like, take a bath? Like no, Anointing means you... Um, um, uh, wash your face, put on oil, you know, okay. make an appearance Daniel to go into the So he doesn't really focus on himself for okay. basically yeah. three weeks. And then, yeah, Daniel 10 dead. And then, all right, so then it talks about how um, an angel comes to him and it's, it presents himself to him and says, Oh, Daniel, man, greatly loved. Understand the words I speak to you. Um, uh, and then it says... Fear not, Daniel, for the for, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before the before the Lord your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty one days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, mm. for I was left there with the kings of Persia. So basically, okay, this is cool because this is spiritual warfare and prayer. Yeah. All right. So then let's talk about this. So Daniel's praying. He's fasting. He's not really presenting like focusing on his own appearance uh -huh. for about three weeks. Mm -hmm. And then for 20 days, there's no response. It, well, there is a response, but none, none, none that he can see. Right. And this angel is actively trying to get to Daniel, and he can't get to Daniel because there's this demonic, demonic right, deity, right, right. or demonic, not deity, sure. this demonic force known as the Prince of Persia, um, who is fighting against him. So then Michael finally comes and frees up this, this angel from the battle so that he can go down and deliver this message. And again, this message, I mean, Daniel's literally like fleeing with the people around him flee. So obviously this angel is incredibly powerful. Um, and prayer was the reason that this whole thing began. Exactly right. Wow, interesting. Because it says in uh, Daniel chapter 9, the previous verse, he says in verse 3, <clears throat> Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make a request by prayer and supplication mm. with fasting. Mm. You see, so th this is an instance where fasting and prayer was used for revelation. Right. Sometimes you need revelation. 
Um, sometimes you need to see power broken in your own life or yeah. another person's yeah. life. You're praying. Yeah. Another time is for deliverance. Like when Israel got up in the morning, and they look out and there's 150,000 Assyrians camped outside the walls. Of the, they didn't feel like eating breakfast that morning, right? Mm. They turned to God. Our nation used to have days of prayer and fasting. Yeah. If you study U.S. history, all right, Abraham Lincoln <clears throat> called it. There's been different because it's there's something real that happens. Right. You know? I have a question about about this then. So, all right, he prayed for three weeks, mm. but the angel was dispatched on day one, mm. right? Was it necessary for him to continue to pray and fast? That's what's implied. Because I mean, it seems that I mean, okay, it does it does seem from the scripture like everybody who's listening, you should definitely go back and read Daniel ten. It's a very yeah. important scripture, but. It seems that he just should have prayed one day, or he could have prayed one day, and then he wouldn't have had to continue. We don't understand how the workings in the okay. in the supernatural and right. the spiritual realm. Um, we don't get a lot of information about the spiritual. You'll see it with Job chapter 1 where God allows Satan to tempt Job. Right. Job don't know that stuff is happening. Right. But there was to break him down and basically curse yeah. God. Like his wife says, why don't you just curse God? And die. He yeah. says, no, I'm going to persist. I'm going to persist. He doesn't know the backstory of this thing that's going on up here. It's like... If people aren't truly born again with the Holy Spirit of God, if they don't understand the Word of God, they just think things happen in the world. I don't know mm. that happened, this didn't happen. <laughs> I don't have, but we don't understand. If we had spiritual eyesight, you'd look around here, you'd probably see things winging through the air, demonic, right. angelic, right. you know. Right. Shoo, shoo. Right. And God, that's why, let's turn to this model, unless you have another question. I, I, well, okay, actually, here, you go with what you said, and then I want to go back to Mark at some point and finish my question there. No, finish your question. Okay, all right, well, then here. So my question was, we never really fully covered why the other disciples couldn't cast out the mutant right. death spirit, because he said, this kind can't be driven out by anything but prayer. Right. What does that mean? Well, it was, it means they weren't like, prayed Jesus, up. They, Jesus didn't seem to pray when he cast this thing out. No, you know? but he was always prayed up. In other words, he was always in the attitude of prayer. He'd go out in the early morning. So it's almost like prayer um, fills us or recharges us, right? So wherever oh. Jesus walked, he was totally under control of the Holy Spirit. He's coming to these, the apostles, they might have been, if you study the life, they, 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 they're they competitive, they bicker, they get distracted. Yes. They're just like humans, <laughs> they're regular right. people. So he's saying, this kind, this was a powerful demon. This was an ordinary garden variety. This was yeah. a more powerful one. He says this kind comes out either by really deep prayer or right. deep prayer with fasting. Depends on your translation. So then right. the Word of God, all right, it's important to start with the Word of God because if you don't have the Word of God, then nothing you say is really built by the Holy Spirit. Mm. And prayer amplifies that word. Mm -hmm. So it's like the fire to the sword. Like, you mm -hmm. know how the, the sword is always imagined as like, it's a flaming sword? Uh -huh. The sword... The sword itself is the word of God, but the fire is sort of the Holy Spirit and prayer. Like it's your connection to God. Basically, it's yeah, your yeah, recharged yeah. fire. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I never thought yeah. of it like this before. Well, once you have the word of God in prayer, I mean, that's the most powerful thing. Because even in Acts, I think it's in Acts chapter 2, the apostles said, look, they had this dispute about the Greek widows weren't getting the right distribution of bread. They said, uh, get assign some deacons, helpers to yeah. do this. We're going to give our whole attention to prayer and the Word of God. Prayer mm. and the Word of God. You have that combination working together because it makes your prayer life more real because right. you know the will of God. <clears throat> exactly. I mean, let's yeah. look at the classic prayer and take it apart a little bit. If you look at Matthew chapter 6. I got that. Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. This is where the apostles <laughs> want to know how to pray. And Jesus is going to, he goes through a whole uh, thing on prayer. Mm -hmm. Now, here he's going to talk. Um, like verse 6, he goes, when you go pray, go into your room, shut the door, mm. pray, your father sees in secret. So you have individual prayer, and later in the scripture you have what's called corporate prayer. You're praying with others, like in the upper room they were all praying. Right. Right. But corporate, singular prayer is so important because you or me, we can be as close to God as we want and have an effective prayer life as we right. want or not. See what I'm saying? In other words, huh. he's saying, Look, it's on you. You want to, you know, alone when you get up in the morning, you want to pray to God or you want to pray at noontime. Yes. God sees it. He'll re let you let him know what you're going through. Let him know mm. your situations. So then he moves it down and he says, here's the pattern. He doesn't say right. you have to pray this word. But he notice he starts out, three things are directed to God. Before we direct anything to ourselves, it's directed to God. Our Father, that's a very important thing. Because many religions do not see God as Father. Oh. They see him as a, um, I don't want to say a dictator, but like 
in control. Yes. Don't slip up. He's the, but he's the father. The Christian faith presents. That's why you see the prodigal. He comes back. The father runs out to get it. He mm. didn't come out of him as a judge. He didn't come out, He came as a father. Right. So we have to understand this father image of the heavenly <clears throat> father. The first thing we do is we say, hallowed be your name. Well, what does that mean? Well, hallowed is the, it's a Hebrew word, isn't it? It, it means like be glorified, sort good, of. Good, okay, right. Be glorified, right. Honored, glorified. Honored, okay. Mm. So our Father in heaven, glorified be your name, sort of. So hallowed it, be. Yeah, in other words, a very wise person told me once this is a very important thing. He says, two things in this life you want to bring honor to. Number one is your family name. Right. Let's say you guys, the Abood name. Yeah, right? Dad always you know says bring honor to the Abood That's name, your brand. Right? That's how people are going to know you. And you, that goes down to your grandchildren, and your, you, you honor that name. All, all of our offspring, yeah. And number two, glorify the name of your Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Hallowed mm-hmm. be thy name. Mm-hmm. So you bring credit to God's name. That's a powerful thing because you're walking around. That's why people, <laughs> are, unbelievers are very quick to point out, and you say you're a Christian. And you're, <laughs> but if we can glorify God's name right. by our daily life, that's why it says, I think it's in Corinthians, whether you eat or drink, do it all to the glory of God. You know, if you're a, if you're a custodian in a junior high school, or if you're a CEO of a big corporation, or if you're if you play for the Cleveland Indians, do it to the glory of God. You understand? Mm. That's you can hallow His name. Then He says, "Your kingdom come. Mm. It's coming." And now I'm doing the Book of Revelation. Now it's coming. But notice this: it's going to come once and for all, and yeah. He's going to dispel the wicked. Mm-hmm. Satan is cast into hell. But right now, when we pray that, what does it mean? Thy kingdom come. What is what does kingdom mean? Well, okay, so let's let let's see. So when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. we became members of a kingdom. Right. But the the kingdom isn't here yet, correct? Because Satan ultimately it it says it it start it's inaugurated. What they call it's inaugurated, but it's not fulfilled. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like yeah, God has taken this world back for Himself. Okay. Right. But He's starting. In individuals and oh, then families and then churches. So, so he's building. He's, he's building, building it his kingdom, built brick by brick. Ultimately, he comes back, and that's right. that's that's his his kingdom ultimately. Because Satan is still currently, I think it's called mm. the god of this age. Like it's, in Second Corinthians four verse four, 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 four. it yeah. literally references yeah. that he is the god of this age, and he exactly. blind. Also, going back to what you said earlier about like that spiral of yeah. if you don't uh, pray and you don't read the word, you'll continue to not pray and you'll continue to not read the word, and that kind of builds off of what it says here, which is that Satan has blinded their minds. Exactly. So right. going back to this kingdom idea, um, we are members of a kingdom that isn't currently here yet. Correct. Or at least it's it, being it, built. It, it, go on, Dad, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, when you think about kingdom praying, I know Paul alluded to this, but it's uh, I wrote down uh, a kingdom prayer is something that has lasting value and importance in the kingdom of God. Right. So so you're bringing uh, the kingdom of God down to earth when you're praying, in essence, even before it, uh, Jesus comes back. Right. So if you have a kingdom, that means by definition you have a king. Now, right. I lived for years in Thailand. They had a king. They yes. literally had a king. Yes. And the people respected this king. You go mm-hmm. into their houses, they'd have a picture of the king. If you have a king, you want to do those things that please the king, right. that come under his law. So when you say, thy kingdom come, and like, what the, it's a bigger topic, but it's been inaugurated through the death mm-hmm. and resurrection. But it's not completed until Jesus returns with the heaven and Satan is gone. But we can say in our, in our own lives when we pray this, your kingdom come in my life, Tristan, John, Martha, David. And what will that now, look like? Well, it means you're under his control. So basically you, you have converted Seek to Christianity. First, you are under him. Seek ye first. The kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of God and his righteousness. So if you really want to seek first the kingdom in your own life, it means know what he wants, know what he pleases him. And then his, then he says all these other things will be. A, that's a key for prayer. Hmm. Many people don't have an effective prayer life because they're way out of God's will. Oh, they're an act of sin. Okay, and it mentions that here actually. It says in verse seven. We'll of, go there. Yeah. One and second. when you oh, should I wait? Yeah, just a second. Okay. I just want to show you the three things towards God is to glorify or hallow His name. Yes. Pray your kingdom come, and then your will be done. Yeah. Well, how do we know God's will? Yeah. Well, we read His word. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Excellent, yeah. Tristan. Right. We know His will. Because of his word. Right. So when he says uh, like... Which, which, so reading his word can also amplify our prayer. Oh, All right. definitely. So, so basically the three key factors to having the most powerful prayer life you possibly can have is first reading the word, mm. second praying, and then third being built up in the spirit. 
That's one. There's several other. We'll sh if we have time, we'll look at. There's a couple others to to well, really. The, the first thing is giving glory to God. You got to be in right relationship. Jesus did with that God. too. I mean, just to start off, because just like any other father, I mean, you, you want to show your father that you're, you know, uh, thankful for mm. what he's given you, right? And right. then you go into your your stuff. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think that's part of the. The, the way to pray because our topic is how to pray. Oh, and fasting, yeah. fasting. Well, yeah, there's yeah. several issues. We'll get to it. Those are a couple of good ones. Okay. Then he says, okay, now we the first three are directed towards God, right? Mm -hmm. His kingdom. <clears throat> then, when he says your will be done, again we can personalize that and say your will be done in my life. Mm. Help me to understand your will that I might do your will. And that's important. Because even Jesus didn't want to go on the cross, but he said, let your will be done. Right. Yes, he said, let not even, my will, but your will be done. And that, I, never, great. I never prayed like this until I met you, but even though I don't, it, it's it, it's hard to do that at the end of your prayer because you know you might not get answers to the prayers you want, but you say, let your will be done, not mine. Well, I yeah. think that's a good that's so, a good point, Dad, because it, yeah. it really like comes down to, are you asking God like for what you really need? Like, I mean, I think that God obviously knows us better than we know sure. ourselves. He knows every hair on the tips of our head. Um, and maybe we're even asking for pointless or sinful things, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, let's say your situation, Tristan. You, okay. You're going through school and you're really praying to get into a master's program. Sure. Okay? And it looks really difficult and you're not sure, but you're praying to God for favor. Well, Lord, would you open the right door? Can I meet the right person? Will you enlighten right. my mind? He, he's, God is a good God. We think that unless we pray, Lord, you know, he's going to send us to Africa. Or he's going to send us to Indonesia. No, he's, he wants, he, it's like our earth, earthly fathers want the best for their children, right, David? Yes. You know what I'm saying? And yes. we're going to try to orchestrate life to make yes. it if we can do it. Yep. But our Heavenly Father wants us to be in unison with him that we can have this relationship. Yep. And if we're in sin, uh, he will point it out. Hmm. convict us of sin so we can because if a person a christian is in complete in in bondage to sin and pattern he's he has a difficult time praying because god wants to take care of this first see before the prodigal repented and started returning to his father he couldn't get the robe the ring the shoes the, you see he could right you know but that's that's the deal <clears throat> but we can be in a continual state of repentance because god was going to mm. point out more and more so when we say um your will be done, as you say, Tristan, we know his will because of his word. Right. On earth, that's where we're living now, yes. as it is in heaven. Well, what's heaven like? Well, it's sinless. They're praising God. They're thanking God. Jesus is in heaven, so the kingdom is there currently, right? Well, the, the kingdom is there, but it's also here in the sense that it's... But I thought you said that the king isn't currently here yet. No, but he's inaugurated. He is here in the sense he dwells within each one of us. Okay. So it, think of it, he started it or inaugurated this kingdom... One day it's going yeah. to be bring to consummation. Okay, so yeah. we're a part of a kingdom whose king simply hasn't walked back to the throne yet. Here. No, he's on the throne now. Okay. You see, he's on the throne. That's where he's at, the right hand of the Father. And he ever liveth to make intercession for us. But we got to think of it like this. Um, well, <clears throat> and, 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 can I say one thing, John? Mm -hmm. that, that might, I don't know if, if this is uh, going to help or not, but Paul, in Matthew eleven twelve, it says, From the days of John the Baptist until now... The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it. The way forceful men lay hold of the kingdom, overcoming the gates of hell, is through prayer. Yeah. So, so the kingdom is here, mm -hmm. and it's advancing with prayer, right? I mean, yeah. is that a good way to look at yeah, it? Yeah, and one day it'll be fully here. Right. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's like if you're invading, uh, like in World War II, and they were invading Okinawa or something, they were displacing the enemy, pushing the enemy back, establishing beachhead, establishing yes. uh, airstrips and all this. And one day, they would conquer the enemy completely. I see. Well, we're pushing back the kingdom. If you, if you lead somebody to Christ and you disciple them, mm. their family comes to Christ, and that, by extension, is a, you're, you're pushing, you're bringing light and pushing the forces of darkness back. One day that could be completely pushed Cleared back up, when yeah. the kingdom fully comes. So right. does that mean? Right. Yes, so it does. hold on. Yes, it does. I, I guess. Yeah, I, like I guess that. I kind of. I still. I kind of disagree. I mean, here, debate me on this. It, just for the sake of it, the sake of the sake. So if you're, all right, you're on the beaches of Iwo Jima. Mm -hmm. There are members of the United States on the beaches of Iwo Jima, mm -hmm. but it's not yet conquered. It's still currently, or at least it's disputed enemy, or enemy. neutral territory. Sure. At least because it's it's being it's being disputed. Right. I wouldn't necessarily say that I consider the beaches of Iwo Jima to be United States territory, even after we've conquered, or like that's not a part of the United States yet, because we haven't conquered it fully. Does that make sense? 
Like, the kingdom hasn't fully, like... Like, we haven't fully conquered the enemy. And, I mean, like, Satan is literally referenced as we will the never god fully, of this age. We will never fully conquer until Jesus returns. Right. So, the, so think of it more like when Israel comes out of Egypt and they go to the promised land. Okay. Okay, they got fields. They got. Do they just walk in and everything's hunky-dory? No. They got to do what? Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites. Right. They got to get they them out. They got to clear the get land. Get them out. But those are the people of God in a different land. I wouldn't say that that's... Like, God selected that land for them, but it wasn't theirs until they fully went and conquered it. I, right. That's So, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like the kingdom, based off of what I just I just heard, I feel like the kingdom isn't fully here until it's Jesus. It's not. So it's we're not. members of a kingdom in a disputed land. Right. Okay. We're in enemy-held territory. Okay, got but it. We're advancing, oh, that's, but we're advancing got the it. kingdom right. with our Christian faith okay. and walk. And the more Christians that we help create, Right. The more we're advancing the it's kingdom. It's like, okay, take the men's fellowship yeah. or the youth yeah. or the sure. um, Bay Bridge church plant, whatever. Yes. That whole purpose is to extend God's kingdom, to yes. make disciples. You go in the missions, you go into a country, there might be no believers, but you establish, by God's grace, a nucleus of believers. Maybe they see some answer okay. prayer, deliverance, and that grows and grows, and then they get another church. They go, you're... You're extending the kingdom of God. I mean, it starts out, there's 120 people in that upper room at Pentecost, right? Mm -hmm. You know how many people in the world claim the name of Jesus today? I'm not saying they're all believers. You know how many? 2.5 billion. Right. That starts out with 120 people. Yeah, I know. Look That's at crazy. Any, any truly Christian person, their life has changed. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Yes. yes. Swearing they don't do, they don't do this anymore. They're not perfect, but nevertheless, that kingdom has come. Yes. And they become an ambassador that they can keep... But one day the king will return. Yes. In full glory. That's when you come to that the is the revelation. Day that That's heaven the day of the Lord. fully comes down to earth. Exactly right. Okay, got All it. All evil is displaced. Got it. Every tear will be wiped away. That's so think of it as inaugurated, what they call it's it's here, mm -hmm. yet it's not fully mm -hmm. uh, evidence. Okay. All right, so so where, where did you want to go with verse seven, by the way, okay, Mr. Martha? Let's look at this. All right. Um I'm back in Matthew, right? So we're in, yeah, we're in Matthew six, and we're on verse seven right now. Okay, so then he says, um, uh, Matthew six, we're in verse seven, I think. Your Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. Oh, that's nine. Okay. Then he says, "Give us this day our daily bread." So, this is actually asking God for our needs. Okay. So our daily son. bread can be supplement. Like we we can. Basically, fill in the blank for daily bread. Mm. Daily bread is what what's on your heart. No, what do you yeah. need? It, right. It's it's feeding your family every day. It's feeding, uh, your it's family. feeding yourself. It's physical food. Well, I mean, it, I think when also, we pray, you, we you need a car. You're, you're in yeah. college. You've got right. a second. Lord, please, I, I'm trying to get this yeah. job to get this guy so right. I can get to class. It is. It's the practical needs that you were not asking. You know, I need a condo in, in Maui, yeah. whatever. I don't know. I'm just saying, he wants. We have not because we ask not, but God wants to give us stuff. And I can go down the list of testimonies of people. You know what it's like. It's just, yes. I mean, when your car broke down, going to what? Yeah. There's exit, and there's a guy in a garage shop with that exact part. With, with, yeah. Yes. I mean, come on. You know, yeah. We're talking to Pastor Keith at Hoolahan's yesterday about small groups and men's group. Who comes up to the table just in passing is a guy who started a small group off of our, our men's just out of random. Bob. That's awesome. And then I get a call. We're sitting there at the table. It's Jack Macy who came to Christ in a small group and today is living in Thailand, married a Christian girl. Has a, He called while we're doing it about oh, a small wow. group. My point being that, you know, as a Christian, you'll see all kinds of things the world doesn't see. Yes. They don't get it. That's why an atheist will say, when you, this is a famous quote, he, he approached this old preacher and he says, when you Christians pray and you see an answer, pray, that's a coincidence. And the old preacher said, all I know is the more I pray, the more coincidences I see. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know, God wants to answer prayer, especially if you're in right relationship yeah, with him. Right. So then he goes from daily needs. Um, then he says, this is important. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And here's where we're asking for forgiveness, mm. okay? Now, um, uh, th this is a very important point because he gives an addendum in verse 14 and 15. You must forgive men their trespasses or your heavenly Father 
your heavenly Father will forgive. But if you do not forgive, it's it's a cloud over you. This is one of the biggest tricks of the Satan is this idea of unforgiveness. I see. If we withhold forgiveness because why we've been forgiven like I've been forgiven like a ten million dollar debt, right? Yeah. And if I go out and start beating up somebody that owes me twenty bucks, it's not <laughs> that's cool. not good. You know what I'm no, saying? That, that's bad. Jesus actually gives you a parable about that. So he says, "Forgive me." He's dealing with spiritual things here. Forgive me my trespasses or my debts, as we as I forgive people that offended me. Or right? right. I don't want to hold a grudge. Then he goes into this very interesting spiritual one. If you can read it, verse thirteen. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. From evil one. Uh, now that's interesting. Yeah. Evil one, evil, right. So this is an actual prayer. Do not lead us into temptation or testing. Yeah. Or, well, you know, think of Joseph in the Old Testament when he was tested by Potiphar's wife mm -hmm. and God gave him a way to escape. Right. Remember, God give you a way to escape, but he, we're saying. Because the Bible important. says God will never allow you to be tested beyond your measure, and when you are being tested, there will good. always be provided very a good way to escape. Yes. Very, out of Corinthians. Very Thank good. You, yes. <clears throat> Therefore, this is an actual prayer. Yeah. I tell people, you got to pray this. this is, we ask for daily bread. We ask for forgiveness. But this is a real thing. you know. And then he says, deliver us from the evil one. In other words, don't let the enemy snare me. Don't yeah. let him trap. Yeah. If he's got yeah. traps out there, let me see his traps. <clears throat> if you don't, if you just go about the world and you just think everything's hunky-dory and there's no spiritual forces. Right. It's like in in war when when you set up a perimeter camp, you put out uh, you bury claymore mines. So if the enemy comes at night, they step on it, they're going to be blown up. But they're also going to alert you, hey, there's enemy out on the yes. other camp. But when you could go out there during the day, my brother used to be in one of these camps in Vietnam. He had maps that says three meters up this way, there's a there's a claymore mine. Hmm. You couldn't see it. it four more meters. so he could walk all around it because he had a map. And he he didn't have a map. That's awesome to avoid. But these poor people, young people, old people, they go, what's wrong with this, this, this magazine or this, what's wrong with going with this group over here? This, right. Well, you're being led. I'm not saying you always go. But what I find this interesting, in Jesus' high priestly prayer, in John chapter 17, he says, this is the prayer, okay? This is his prayer. This is the believer's and, prayer and here. And for those that don't know, the high priestly prayer, Mr. Murthy, can you just give a quick explanation? Yeah, this is right before Jesus is going to be offered up. And... We get in. We get to look at this prayer, hear this prayer, which is really incredible between him and his father. He prays for all kinds of things here, but look what he says. Um, this is right before he dies. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, you're going into Passion Week. Here. Got it. Look what he says in verse 15. Okay. Um. All right. So it says in verse 15. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, you being, or them the, being the disciples, the, uh, um, but believers. That, believers, but that you keep them from the evil Look one. Look at that. Right. That's in his prayer for us. We're going to see by extension uh, these, look at verse 20. This prayer includes more than just his apostles. Right. I do not ask for these things only, but also for those who will believe in me. So that's future that's tense. That's us. All right. That's us. I, there's like two, there's two kinds of prayers. There's like, there's reactive and proactive. So this is kind of like a proactive prayer. He's praying for the future. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. But notice he prays. I don't want you to take them out of the world. In other words, we're not going to go all live on a mountaintop right. in a monastery, avoid cities and temptation. But protect them from attacks that's of the it. evil one. That's okay. It. Nice. But that's in his prayer. Nice. Yeah. If he's praying at at that <clears throat> level for us, we should be praying this right. regular because what it means, <clears throat> the enemy could be setting up a trap. And I don't know how this all works, but we pray and say, Lord. Please, Lord, keep me from the evil one. Keep me from temptation. Open my eyes. Peter says, be sober, be alert. Your enemy, the devil, goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Well, that devouring, think of famous <clears throat> ministries. Right. Men have collapsed because of immorality. Yes. Or because they abscanded yeah. with money. I was just at a church the other day whose um, pastor had been like... Kind of it committed with some of like the Catholic stuff. He'd he'd been he'd been a part of that, and so they they got rid of their pastor. Yep. See, whole churches in shambles. The enemy is looking. Not maybe. Yeah, he, if he can physically destroy, he'll do it. Oh, yeah. With drugs, yeah. alcohol, whatever. Sure. But if he can if he can destroy your testimony, you you, you mm. like Lot. He had no testimony. If he can make you like, I, I, there's famous TV pastors in the past thirty years that have been put on the shelf, that once had powerful minute because of immorality, right? because of uh, money. You know, they just, this is real. But if you pray it and stay in the attitude of prayer, you can 
You can move. You know, Mr. Murtha, I listen. I listen to Ben Shapiro sometimes, like because he's a really good, good debater. Guy. I like him. I, he listens. He's some. He's got some really good stuff, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to debating, because he's really good at mm-hmm. debating. So one of his videos, we talks a little bit about why he's so good at debating, and he talked about how when he's on stage, he's not just trying to debunk the person he's 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 debating. He tries to humiliate them. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's actively trying to destroy their entire argument and their image, not just their argument. So he doesn't really care about character attacks. He's focusing on the other person mm-hmm. and their core values, and I feel like. Now, I'm just tying this into, I don't want to tie in Ben Shapiro to Satan, but that's kind of what Satan does. I mean, we as Christians, we're actively, we're being, we're becoming a part of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we're in the battlefield. Therefore, sure. in this metaphor, we're on stage against like an enemy that knows the Bible and sure. knows how to debate us. Yeah. So they're not just trying to, to beat us personally. They're trying to debunk us and destroy us. Yeah. Like as what you just said, destroying of testimony. They're not just going to try and take away your faith. They're going to try and literally rip apart everything that you've done as a Christian. Yeah. They're not just trying to pull out the tree. They're trying to pull out the roots of the tree. Yeah, everything right. that the tree has touched, all the fruit, everything, yeah. scorch earth. Yeah. I mean, that that's the enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy. Mm-hmm. Same verse, John 10, 10 says, but Jesus comes to give us life, salvation, right. and life more abundantly. abundantly. Yeah. We only have a couple minutes, so I want you mentioned what are some tips for an effective prayer life. Look at John like a, like a prayer life that not just is effective but also sees results. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I feel um, like a lot of people, me included, sometimes I feel like my prayers, even even as much as I've read the Bible, I feel like my prayers are like they don't always come to fruition. I like to like get a little more information about that. You know. Well, one thing I find helpful is to <clears> write them down. Write down your prayers. I mean, one of the goals of entrepreneurship, you know this, David, as well as me, is write down your goals and so you can see them. Huh. Because Jesus says, if you'll, if you'll have faith and say to this mountain, not all the mountains, not the mountain range, this mountain, be yes. thou removing. So, too, we must be specific in our <clears throat> prayers. Right. Otherwise, we don't know if they're answered or not. If you say, Lord, bless all the missionaries in the world, well, okay. But if you say, Lord... This guy at our church is going to go to the mission field and pray for him and help him with the visa and help him. Then it, you can be specific. You right. see what I'm saying? You'll know when you see that answer to prayer. Okay. So be very specific. In so your stay prayer. in the word so you know what to pray and be specific a, when you pray yeah, so it's that. I good to keep a journal. I just, huh. I, I just date it. Remember I that's told, an interesting I, idea. I showed you the gratitude yeah. journal I just started. I think that's important. Uh, I might right start after, one. That's a good yeah, idea. I just yeah. started one for uh, your mom and I uh, and, and the family. Um, no. Because I know you did that. Now, where did go you ahead. want to go before we finish? Yeah, yeah, we just what? Have, where are you? Uh, John 15. We're, we're looking at... Oh, the true vine. What? 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 How do we increase our effective prayer life? Right? Okay, great. Look at chapter 15. I put that on my emails now. I'm closing. 15, uh, verse... Look at just... Let's look at verse 7. Okay. Um, it says... Where is the start of verse 7? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By How this, would you like that? Oh, I mean, that's fantastic. You said that that's, I think, the, the whole point of Christianity. If you can abide in God and his words abide in you. If, to abide in God, now this is a bigger topic, but it means stay close to him. Mm. Do that which pleases him. Walk with him. If you do that, and the second requirement is let his words abide in you, like mm. we're doing now. You're, we're abiding his word. Mm-hmm. You meditate on his word. You memorize his word. Those are the two requirements. But one of the things he'll do is give you an effective prayer life. Right. And what I mean effective prayer life is when you pray, you see things. Okay. Wow. It's not just, you know, help all the hungry people. No, it's like real specific. <laughs> yes. Okay. Then two, re- two requirements. There's the first benefit. You will ask and you desire and you'll be given to you. Yes. By this, my Father is glorified. What's the whole thing? The first part of the Lord's well, Prayer? Well, the first part of the Lord's Prayer is, is to that give, he be glorified. Give, yes. Praise God. Okay. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> that's really the purpose of life. That you might what bear, bear fruit. Much fruit? How much? How many of us want to bear much? Not just fruit, but much, much fruit. fruit. And then Jesus says, "What? So prove to be my disciples, I'll your witnesses you to me." Yes. So there's two requirements: abide in my me, my word abide. Four benefits: an effective prayer mm. life. You'll glorify my heavenly Father. You'll bear much fruit, and uh, you'll, Jesus will call you His disciple. Yeah. Wow. Now. This is I'm really not like, I'm not like, here's the secret of the Christian life or something. But I think this is the secret of the Christian yeah. life. <laughs> but I mean, it's so much compacted in there. But we all should strive to have, if, if people come to you and they know you see, you get prayers answered. Think of Glenny at church. Mm. If you get with people or a prayer group that you know they see things answered, you're going to gravitate to that person in mm. time of need. You oh, just yeah. Just go to them. But you can be a walking, talking resource, like a little nuclear plant going around. Because you cultivated this, you cult not just 
one-off when you have to do it. So, okay, let's review before we close. Sure. One is to know the Word of God. If yes. you know the Word of God, you're familiar with the will of God. Yes. To be extremely thankful, mm-hmm. right. you know, for what God has done in your life. Yes. Uh, three, uh, examine ourselves to see if there's sin in us. We want to have a clear mm-hmm. channel. You want, you know, if <clears throat> Jesus says, if you go to the altar to make an offering, you have something against your brother, go make things right, come back, and then you know, have a clean. Then the, the other thing is, is his word abides in you. Meditate on God's word. Memorize God's word. Read God's word. Get God's word into you. Okay. Mm. The the other one is yeah. Fasting can be effective. Meditating on God's word. We won't do this today. Maybe we'll do this another time. But it's suggested in Joshua chapter one verse eight, Psalms one here. Yeah. That if the word of God is really in your heart, you're going to be prosperous. Another wait, was, wait, what, wait. I'm sorry. I don't want to take too much time. But meditating on the word. Meditate means you have mean? it in your heart. And you're thinking about it. You memorize God's word. You read it. You memorize it, and then you're thinking like, like here. you're like you're out and about during yeah, your yeah. day after your Bible yeah. study, and you're you're just thinking about what exactly you read. Right. That's meditating, meditating on the word. On God's okay, word. got it. Nice. And then I want to show you one last because we're going to have to wrap up here. Look at First um, John. First John. And oh, we'll I was in this, this. I was in this this morning. Is that right? Yeah, yeah it this was. Is a very interesting letter. First John, chapter. Let me get there. Chapter three. One of the, se- I want to say secrets, but in a sense it is a secret because many people don't know this. <clears throat> Man, First John is one of my favorite books. He's got a lot it's, it's got a lot going on in here. Okay. Okay, now look at First John chapter 3 and look, look what it says in uh, verse 21 and 22. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. See, remember, no sin, getting sin out of our life. So having a pure heart, uh-huh, okay. basically, we have confidence before God. Right. Now, here's the kicker, verse And 22. whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases do him. Do what pleases him. So by doing what pleases him, we also increase the strength of our exactly. prayer life. That's right. I because see. Remember what God says to Jesus at his baptism? This is my, my beloved son beloved. in whom I am well pleased. I am well pleased. Yes. The the Old Testament, they had like 620 laws, dietary restrictions. Right, right, right. We have, basically it's this. <laughs> Seek those things that please God yes. and avoid those things that grieve God. Yes. That's, that's simple, the, that's yeah. That's the dial. Then if we do that, and I'll close with this. Look what he says in verse 13, uh, chapter 5, verse 13. Chapter 5, verse 13. We'll, we'll start with verse 12. All right. Um, whoever has the son of life. Whoever has... He who has the Son has life. That means you're... Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. That's the definition of a Christian. You have life. Who, the Holy so, so there's a contrast here. It's part, the first part of it says, whoever has the Son has life. And then the second part says, whoever does not have the Son of God does not That's have it. life. You're either in or you're out. And it, Mine it, is all one syllable. It specifically mentions it as the Son of God, too. I think it's important to mention just because it's not just referring to God it's or the Spirit. Right. It's no, referring it's to literally Jesus. If you exactly do not have right. Jesus, you yourself are not a part of the right. kingdom. Right. Mine is all one syllable. He who has the Son has life. Mm-hmm. He who does not have the Son of God. That's your working definition of a believer. Mm-hmm. Right there. It's not you're your Baptist, you're Southern, you're Presbyterian, whatever. This is it. Then if you're a child of God, look what he says in verse 13. We'll close it up on this. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he go. hears us. There you go. You anything see the according to his will, yeah. You see, you become a Christian. Now, does he just hear us, though? Because it says he, he hears us. Is this saying that it's not just going to be heard, but it's also fulfilled? Yeah, right. Is That's that implied? What you know, okay. God hears. Yeah. You know, he, right. He's a God that hears and answers prayer. Right. But notice, first, make sure you're a Christian. Do you have the Son or you do not have the Son? You see? Second thing is you read God's Word, you'll have the assurance. There's a lot of Christians out there. They don't have the assurance. They think, oh, yeah, I yeah. think I'm a Christian. I hope yeah. I'm a Christian. Hmm. But he says, you read the Word of God, you'll have the assurance. Then he says, then when you pray, you'll see answers to your prayer. Yep. And, Perfect. you know, this gospel literally wraps up, wraps up with 20 and 21 saying, we know that the Son of God has come and he's given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true. And then it tells us the importance of, like, keeping ourselves from idols and remaining in that word. Yeah, know? because, in the, in that, well, clo- as a matter of fact, what it says there, Tristan, if you look, um, look at what it says in verse 19. We know that we are from God and the world... And the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Look yeah. at that. Mm. Boom. We're in enemy-held territory. Yep. <laughs> but we were highly resourced people. Mm. 
We have the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit of God. We have fellowship. We have <clears throat> Ephesians six. So we're, we 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 are in such a privileged position. Mm, we are. But what what happens? We get distracted. We look at the world, the political scene. I'm not saying those aren't important. Yeah. But we don't. We we have to see what we got here, and. Uh, <clears throat> We can fix Thank the world God. by first fixing our yeah. spirituality. You know? So thank you, guys. And then uh, Thanks, this show actually went pretty quick. Maybe we'll do another topic on this on this a little bit different on prayer. Sure. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, David. Thank you, Tristan. Thanks, Chad. And uh, that was great. everybody listening, that was a thanks great show. again. Yeah. WNZN uh, 89.1 FM radio. Hopefully we'll be back in the studio uh, at the uh, radio station in the near future to see how things work out with this COVID. But God bless you all. God bless you. And have a very, very blessed New Year. Take care. Take care.